What's up, guys? Here with you in FC Wonderkid, episode 142. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm doing great, Alex. Uh, I, I guess a little bit better than you. I've I've heard you're a little under the weather, so if uh, <laughs> if there's a little vomit break or something, um, no, I I, I got to start episode one forty two. I got to, <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think so. But I got to start episode one forty two with a quick story because there's nowhere to really fit this in mm. to it. But did you see what happened in the ear divisie with the Booth brothers between Taylor and Zach? booth in the dutch ear divisie did you hear about this i did because i follow fb wonder kids on twitter you and, oh, I and like you should it. I all like follow it. fb wonder kids on twitter going bold dang right <laughs> dang right follow us uh, individually as well there um but the booth brothers just really quickly and then i know we got to get to some hard-hitting stuff premier league mbappe uh, the transfer window all wrapped up but let's start with the booth brothers here we go yes you got zach booth who is 19 years old. He currently plays for Volendam, mm -hmm. used to be in the Leicester Academy, okay? Then you've got Taylor Booth, 22 years old, plays for Utrecht, has had a tough time this year coming back from injury, mm -hmm. um, and both both teams are, are really hurting right now and trying to get back up in the Eredivisie table. Anyway, the Booth brothers play each other which is pretty interesting over the mm -hmm. weekend. I, it's not a first. There are plenty of brothers that play in leagues, um, but they take the field. Zach Booth, the 19-year-old, the scores first for Volendam. Mm. They go up one zip. Then, before you know it, Taylor Booth, the 22-year-old, <laughs> scores his first professional hat trick Whoa. as Utrecht put four goals to Volendam's two goals, of which Zach had one. So there you go. The Booth brothers have four goals, and the rest of the teams have, what, two goals remaining. Um, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that that's ever happened before, let alone two Americans scoring four goals in an Eredivisie game. Uh, but you got to admit, if the Booth family was there, was in attendance for their first game against each other, you got to admit those are two pretty proud parents. Um, because my goodness, that was a first professional, um, hat trick for Taylor Booth and a first professional goal for Zach Booth and they're 19 and 22 years old respectively. And those that might recommend, um, recognize the Taylor Booth name, he was in the Bayern, Bayern Munich. Munich Academy for some time. So, um, I just didn't know where we were going to fit that in here, but I had to say it and, uh, congrats to a family. Uh, congrats to Taylor, congrats to Zach, and hopefully one day we can talk to uh, both of them at the same time. That'd be pretty cool. For sure, and what a story it is <laughs> in the Eredivisie. And yes, That's you had Cosmos Winter Hoyland playing against his brothers, and you had playing together the Williams brothers and Lemina are now together yes. at Wolves. Together at Love Wolves it. to make some good results like we saw against Chelsea. I'm going to say it from the well start done. of this podcast because it must be said to Chelsea fans. Mauricio Pochettino ain't the man. You have more goals no. suffered than goals scored this season. The way you play mm. has no improvement. And don't tell me you don't have players to play better football because that is pure lies. Pochettino yep. should be doing better. And I guarantee you when I say this, Ruben Amorim and José Mourinho Two Portuguese managers would 100% do better than Pochettino right now with what he's doing with Chelsea. He cannot be handed so much responsibility in such 
an iconic club. He didn't win a, tr- a trophy with Tottenham. He's not going to win it at Chelsea, in my opinion, too. No. Can't be the case. Yeah. And uh, that's funny. I was going to ask you the question, are you Potch out? And you just answered it, and you answered it um, with no hesitation in your voice uh, <laughs> whatsoever. But but here's my test, Alex. Mm. Um, listen, I, I get that they spent a billion dollars, right? Okay, that's wonderful. They brought in a lot of young players and all that, and you, you got to give it time to gel and all that jazz, okay? But here's my test. Mm-hmm. You spend that amount of money, and aside from maybe Cole Palmer, I can't think of one player so far under Poch's uh, guidance that has looked better True. or improved than their their previous selves, whether it's Matoweke, whether it's Mudrik, whether it's uh, Badia Shile. I mean, Badia Shile uh, has had a game or two that's been pretty good, but he has been nothing but net negative um, so far this particular season. He was great when he came in um, originally last season, mm-hmm. but apologies are too little too late, and that that is the largest test here. It's, it, it's one thing to... Um, win a few games to see Cole Palmer to see what, but Moises Caicedo looks worse. Worse. Enzo has not looked at his best. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time Caicedo gets caught out or he gets dispossessed, I mean, they still throw him out there and they still leave him on, on an Island. There's no actual support for him. Um, every other Malo Gusto does not look um, mm-hmm. better. I mean, there's, there's, even if it's marginal, uh, improvement, Alex. I, I would probably be reining in my calls to say Poch needs to go, but you need somebody that can curate that. You need somebody that can encourage that and learn from that and work from it and maybe make some tactical switches to, I don't know, play to their strengths. Uh, it, it's it's just pissing me off because, mm-hmm. Alex, the next eight fixtures, it ain't getting better for them. They've got Liverpool, they've got Villa, they've got Arsenal, they've got Spurs, they've got Manchester City all in the next eight games. Uh, if he's not out yet, he sure as hell is going to be out in the next eight games. Pochettino is in high risk mm. of staying with those fixtures. I hadn't seen that next fixtures, and that's a great, great thing that you're pointing it out. Another thing, too, on X, we see many mm. Chelsea, many Chelsea fans say, Rome wasn't built in a day defending Pochettino. I agree that Rome wasn't built in a day, but it still had strong foundations. And this team, tactically, there's no foundations in my point of view. Players, they do have talent, but foundations that is merit from the coach, you do not see it. And last season, they were in 10th. Now, they're in 11th. So they're not yeah. in a better situation in this fixture in uh, in the Premier League. But you said it. Cole Palmer uh, is the star boy at Chelsea. And even though Pochettino isn't doing such a good job at Chelsea, Joe Shields is the man to thank for such a good choice of bringing in Cole Palmer. Joe Shields, yeah. thank you for bringing Cole Palmer to Chelsea because Cole Palmer became the first player under the age of 21 or 21 to score more than 10 Premier League goals for Chelsea in a season. That is mad. In such a short period of time, he showed that it was the right decision for his career to go to a big team like Chelsea and get more likely picked for an English national team in the Euros than if he was at Man City. So Cole Palmer, keep going bold. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of that wasn't obviously Potch uh, improving him. I think it was more him getting the limelight, him mm-hmm. needing that kind of uh, that stage, and uh, and he's who knows, maybe he'd be better, even better if you slotted him in that city eleven. I think a lot of players would be a whole lot better if you slotted him in that Manchester City eleven. But listen, if Potch goes mm-hmm. right. Um, I think there's a lot of people that say it's not necessarily Pochettino. It's the people above Pochettino. It's they need to learn from from their mistakes or they need to be sent packing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's whether or not you will get better uh, without them or this will just extend this mire, uh, this 10th, this 11th place, this this normalcy, even after that amount of a spend. Mm-hmm. Um it's, and that, I think that's what scares people. Mm-hmm. They, they want to go with kind of the lesser evil, which is, hey, you paid for this guy. Get him in. He's had mild success everywhere he's gone. He obviously made Spurs um, get pretty dang close to a trophy without winning one, obviously oh, in a Champions well. League final, too. <laughs> um, but I don't know. And I, I, I'm at mm-hmm. it right now where the uncertainty of the future um, mm-hmm. is probably better off uh, than, than the certainty of what you've got with Potch. And there's currently. no European competitions. That's- no European competitions. True. When Tuchel gets sacked by Todd Boyley, at least they were in a Champions League. And what scares all Chelsea fans right now is that when they sack Tuchel mm-hmm. from now until now, they haven't had a quality manager on that same level. What, you're going to tell me Potter was on the level of Tuchel? Lies. Pochettino's at the level of Tuchel? Lies. Bringing in Lampard. Mm-hmm. Lampard. That was the solution? lies everything that Todd Boyley's presenting ever since he sacked Tuchel it's been lies for the future of Chelsea it hasn't been helping and now that's what's got to change he has to hit a home run and a home run for Chelsea I am not joking and it's not Portuguese bias it's Ruben Emery giving him giving him the right tools the players do what you want and giving a free pass of two years I would do that, Mm. but it's too bold Mm. of a choice to do right now. Because right now, Chelsea needs a full restructure. Full restructure, in my view. They they sold Mason Mount. They sold Kai Havertz. They sold Timo Werner. They've sold so many foundational players. N'Golo Kante, did he he leave Chelsea as a legend? No. The culture, the football heritage of Chelsea is showing to be toxic right now at this moment. And they need to bring back their identity. Legends like mm. John Terry with the support of a Jose Mourinho. People that know what's to be a true blue. And maybe bring in a Lampard in a, I don't know, type of job that he's more with the club. But he's a manager. I don't know. But they need more yeah. references. Icons of Chelsea. Yeah. So it's a sad time for Chelsea fans. But let us know what are you thinking down below with Chelsea. Because I really believe, I really believe Mauricio Pochettino is going to be sacked. And I also really believe, unfortunately... Anyhow, it's going to be sacked too. I know a ton of injuries have have had happened this season for Newcastle. But the truth is, Newcastle board doesn't want that Champions League season to be seen as a fluke. They don't want that. And another fact is, no English manager has won a Premier League title. No English manager. I... for a brief stint of that season, I mm-hmm. had hope for the next two, three years with Eddie Howe at Newcastle. But now I'm going to say it. It's not going to be Eddie Howe that's going to win a Premier League title with Newcastle too. So I expect, not it, it, maybe it's not immediate, but in the next 6, 12 months for sure, I think Eddie Howe yeah. is not going to be the manager of Newcastle. Well, there was, there was always the expectation that he would 
<clears throat> hit his, I guess, managerial uh, cap, right? Um, especially when it comes to to Newcastle and what they are looking to to be building, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they want charisma. They want somebody that is probably a bigger identity long term. Uh, short term, Eddie Howe was the man for the job. I think he's taken them pretty much as far as they could go. I think, unfortunately, you're right in the sense that um, for, for the injuries. Entertaining. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm with you. Not, not only that, St. James Park is just not very scary if you're conceding four to Luton there. You're True. conceding three to Nottingham Forest and four to or three to Manchester City and three to Nottingham Forest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is not not good. If there's one thing that uh, you know the tune prides themselves in, it would be St. James Park as our fortress. Um, and that it was. I mean, we knew that there would be, uh, well, I don't know if you knew, but I knew that there would be a reversion to the mean in terms of that defense last season and how dang good and cohesive it was. Um, and they're already just well beyond what they conceded last year. And it doesn't seem like uh, there's any letting up um, when it comes down to it. I... But I, I also got to give, I got to give Luton Town their just desserts. Um, when it comes to that, because my goodness, they have been punching I, so far above their weight. I can this give an exclusive. That they that deserve a lot of good fans. I know mm-hmm. a person or two with good size with Newcastle, and I can guarantee you mm-hmm. that Trippier is going to leave Newcastle, and Joe Ellington is going to mm-hmm. leave Newcastle too. A lot of problems are happening in that locker room. They've been doing things at that Newcastle City that a lot of people that are good people wouldn't be proud of. That's all I'm going to say because I don't want to expose what's been happening behind the scenes. But the board is embarrassed with some of the behaviors of these players. And I can guarantee you one of the main reasons of this Newcastle poor form is the bad mm-hmm. man management of Eddie Howe in this part of the season right now. And that was there one of go. his best qualities last season. The way he interacted with the players. The way he was a leader with the players. And now, because of certain behaviors behind the scenes... Joe Ellington, Trippier, and other players might be leaving because, yeah, it w- you'll you'll see soon. Soon it's going to be much more exposed, unfortunately. But yes, Breton, Fair Newcastle yeah. is doing really, really not as good as Aston Villa right now. Aston Villa made no. the right choice by appointing <laughs> Unai Emery to be their main man. They are balling out, and Leon Bailey this season in all competitions has 10 goals yes. and 9 assists. It's the Unai Emery effect in full show. Ollie Watkins, 11 goals, 10 assists. And one of my favorite players to watch in, in the Premier League is Douglas Luiz. And I want to see Douglas Luiz in the Copa America. Yep. Completely deserves to be there. Douglas Luiz, this season, for yep. what he's doing, Totally deserves to get a lot of minutes in Copa America for Brazil. And it's one, he's one of the best defensive mids in the world. Arsenal should have got him. But yeah. what an extension by Aston yeah. Villa at the time. Deadline day moves. Yeah. And, and, and listen, they, they bounce back. They bounce back after bad games. Um, and then they have games like this. And you mentioned it. Ollie Watkins. I remember when they splashed 30 million plus euros on him and i said oh i i I don't know and this is obviously pre-emery um i don't know if this is going to work out and boy Mm -hmm. have i been wrong he's got 28 goal involvements in all competitions this season and he is the first one in the premier league to reach both 10 goals and 10 assists so far this season and i don't think anyone anyone can argue that this man has improved in 
every facet mm-hmm. of his game. Um, he was not great at holding up the ball um, or not you know, up to snuff. Uh, mm-hmm. He is now very good at that. He's built a link-up play with pretty much anyone, whether it's Musa Diaby or it's Leon Bailey. Uh, he is better in the air. He's stronger on the ground as well. Uh, he's smarter. He's smarter with his movements. And he has given Gareth Southgate a definite headache when it comes to uh to euro select yeah euro selection day um and this is from a guy that got so much flack last season right for missing open chances for missing big chances um to the point where he was getting maligned uh much like a Richarlison was early on this particular season so I love seeing guys like Ollie Watkins um improve and use that as fuel use all that craziness as fuel and Leon Bailey too Mm -hmm. I mean Leon Bailey has been in a fight with himself in terms of staying fit um, and being available for selection for the longest time. And I'm only, I'm, you know, I'm scared uh, because we've got a Gold Cup semifinal coming up against a Leon Bailey who's in the hottest form uh, <laughs> since he was at Leverkusen. Uh, or since, hell, since he was in the Belgian Pro League, I think. But we'll um, so I, I yeah. Well, well referred good. to Ollie Watkins with Southgate because only Harry Kane. Yeah. Is a better better English mm-hmm. striker right now informed than Ollie Watkins. Don't give me Ivan Tony. Don't give me Callan Wilson is better than Ollie Watkins because it's not the case not. with how Unai Emery is playing Ollie Watkins at Aston Villa. Unreal no, form. Right. Completely agree with what you're saying. And yes, do you agree mm-hmm. with me that Douglas Luiz has to start or get more minutes uh- in Copa America? <laughs> I, I do. I do. I absolutely do. And I've I've been a, a fan of Douglas Louise since last season, um, since Emery, since Emery time. I think um, yeah, we all know what he needed to improve, and I think he's improved it. And there you go. Therein lies the, the, the rub, Alex. You can look at every player with Villa, and you can say, my goodness, uh, Unai Emery has, has squeezed out a, a whole lot more mm-hmm. than what Pochettino is squeezing out of Chelsea right now. And Facts. therein lies the difference, exactly. right? Now, I understand it's age. There's an age difference here. Watkins is 26, 27 uh, versus, say, a Nico Jackson. There's a money but, difference. But it... <laughs> <laughs> There's a huge, and that's yeah, and you almost feel bad for these guys getting. Anyway, we're I'm backtracking and going back to Chelsea here, but you're looking at a squad, you're looking at uh, you know Unai Emery's influence, um, and it is uh, it's a it's a great great thing to see. And John McGinn, obviously, John McGinn, Douglas Louise, heck, Alex Taylor, Moreno's man. back in the talk, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. It's it's great, and Bubakar Kamara has not exactly had the the, the best season, but he has had stretches um, that have been uh, befitting of a team that um, should be in the Champions League no, at some point. It's, and the signings, um, so, they're all good. Musa Diaby, I know, coming off the bench. Yes. Paul Tuch, great signing. Tielema mm-hmm. adds a lot to this team. So, Zaniolo mm-hmm. even. Like, I, I love what <laughs> Unai Emery is doing. And we're mentioning Unai Emery being a Spanish manager. And a Spanish manager went bold today with a vital there win over Liverpool. A vital win. And I know Alisson Van Dijk had a couple of mistakes in that game. But Arsenal beating Liverpool in the Emirates is a statement. I don't care what mm-hmm. you say. It is one. But one thing's for sure, I still believe, I still believe inside me that Liverpool will be finishing ahead of Arsenal. I still believe that's going to be the case. But this was a massive win 
by Arsenal. And big congrats uh, to Arteta Ball that Trossard scored, Martinelli scored, and Saka scored. Imagine if they yeah. had a world-class striker, Arsenal. Imagine. They would literally be contenders to win the Champions League. I don't put them in that talk because of Bayern, Man City, and Real Madrid. But if Arsenal had a world-class striker, I would believe that they would be winning a trophy at the end of the season. But who knows the Premier League? Well, who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually um, put this win in the column of Mikel Arteta getting so absolutely insanely um, angry at those Barca uh, kind of fake news <laughs> situations after Xavi stepping down. I think he he wanted to show everybody um, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But yeah, I I am in agreement with you. That was a very weird uncharacteristic, mm. crappy display by Virgil van Dyke, uh, Allison. I mean, just miscommunication issues. Ibrahima Konate getting the red card. Havertz. Um, Havertz not, exploit uh, Konate. Uh, Two yellow cards on Konate. True. That was one of the best yeah, matches I, I saw of Havertz. With no goal, it, I it know. What a moment. Yep. What a moment. Yeah. And he, he should have had more, and that's the crazy part. Like, Kai Havertz, just in terms of shaping the ball uh, when he was going around, I forget who he was toe-to-toe with, uh, but taken down in the box, he kept falling down like crazy. Um, Kai Havertz, it just he's, so, he's such a frustrating player. <laughs> such a very, very frustrating player because you're, yeah. I mean, he made Bukayo Saka's goal, right, by mm-hmm. essentially missing a point-blank uh in, at point-blank range, and it fell into Saka's lap. But I think the star of the show for me in this game um, was not Saliba. It was not uh, Trussard. It was not any of the goal scorers. It very clearly was Declan Rice. And it was Declan Rice and, and Odegaard. I, I, you know what? Declan Rice for me was by far the best uh, in this particular game because he didn't ask for anything. He didn't ask for the headline. He just played a really solid game of football. Um, and I was actually heading into the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, after they had equalized on that Gabriel own goal. Um, I was like, uh Oh, you know, they just awaken a beast um, because they played a really good first half of football. Mm-hmm. And then they followed up with an even better uh, second half. But I just got to say, uh, that Declan Rice game for me um, is exactly why you buy a guy like him. And that's why Declan Rice starts for England, for sure. And England's yep. looking very promising in midfield. But before we get very. to that, I think Arsenal beating Liverpool 3-1, the biggest winners in my view, are Man City. Man City with this yeah, result yeah. are closer to Liverpool. <laughs> and at Arsenal, I don't think they have Man City's number. I think Guardiola no. beats this Arsenal team. And it's going to be interesting until the end of the season what's going to be happening. But Saka, Saka in his last, Saka has 30 games this season, 24 Mm -hmm. goal contributions. 24. This guy is for sure the star boy. He's an icon of Arsenal. This man is the reference of Arteta era. Arteta's era with Saka, Saliba, Odegaard, even a Ben White is starting to be a very good reference to at the right-hand side that can play two at centre-back. Arteta, more time passes. Arteta needs to win a trophy in my eyes. So I think this is the last season. I think this is the last season of Arsenal that is acceptable towards not getting a title at the end of the season with Arteta. I think next season with a world-class striker, with four years for sure have passed, they'll be the fifth year next year, 
there were there there should be demands about getting a title for Arsenal in my view. And there was no Connor Bradley. Rest in peace for his grandfather. That was the reasoning why yep. Connor Bradley didn't play after a phenomenal game against Chelsea. What a game which, in which he had one goal and two assists. A lot of more a play lot your more kids, people. people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Play, play your kids. I mean, this this week alone, especially in the Premier League, this week alone should prove to you that you gotta give these guys a chance. Whether it's Jack Hinchelwood playing for Brighton, uh has played three positions this season, has a thousand minutes, and has three very key goals for Brighton. Then you've got Connor Bradley coming in, and he was arguably the man of the match in mm-hmm. two of the last three games with two assists, looking right at home. Um, and it's obviously very sad about the untimely passing of his dad, but you That's see the future mm-hmm. um, for Bradley. Then you've got Kabi Mainu. I mean, come on. What he did midweek to break <laughs> Wolves' heart, uh, hearts, it's just beautiful, beautiful stuff, um, and it's something I just want to see more. Trust that academy, especially like Chelsea. I like that you're giving Alfie Gilchrist a couple, you know, a couple minutes here and there, yeah, you know, you've got one of the best academies on the planet. I don't think that that's hyperbole. With you've who, got one who? of the best academies Liverpool. on the planet. With like Alfie Gilchrist with uh, with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking, uh, you know, yes. pure academy players coming through here. But between Hinchelwood, Mainu, Bradley, uh, Gilchrist. I mean, there's probably a few more that I'm missing right now. It was a good week for youth academy uh, graduates um, long term. But you know who else, Alex, in the Premier League this week it was good for? It was mm. good for Brazilian strikers. <laughs> Brazilian strikers. Because while we talked about Chelsea and Poch out, we did not talk about Mateus Cunha. And how at one point, still at only 24 years old, for the amount of money that Wolves spent on him at one point, he was getting a lot of flack last season. And there's also another Brazilian striker, Mm -hmm. another Brazilian striker in Richarlison that understandably, I mean, he got he got a lot of flack, um, but also he got deadpanned on a podcast by Callum Wilson alone. And who is getting the last laugh now between Richarlison between Mateus Cunha. You've got Richarlison. Uh, he's got 10 goals, three assists in the Premier League this season. Nine of those goals came in the last eight games. Nine of those goals. Two against his former club as well in that wonderful game that we just saw um, at Goodison. And then Mateus Cunha, six goals, four assists in their last games. And he becomes the first player ever in Wolves history to score an away hat trick. What? Away hat trick. First? And he's also only only one of four to do it away at Stamford Bridge. One of four. Why you want to know I, the others? Why do I feel like Duke Jota yeah. did that? Uh, no. Well, no. Yeah, he's not in there. It's Kanu, I think, for Arsenal. Van Persie for Arsenal. And <laughs> Sergio Aguero for Manchester City oh. were the other three that have at, that have an away hat trick, obviously, at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League. Mateus Cunha is now the fourth. And I just, I like these types of, um, That's a what's good the stat. word? Uh, mm. Yeah, well, I like these types of, uh, not revenge. Comebacks. What's the word? They're, Comebacks. They're a comeback. Yeah, comeback mm-hmm. stories. I mean, that these guys were Charleston. We know at one point he has had, uh, he has been the best Brazilian striker, mm-hmm. right? Mateus Cunha, 
has not had that type of form. Even when he was at Atleti, even when he was at Leipzig, it never, ever came for him. I think all the way back to Hoffenheim is probably the last time he has had a real good run of form. Mateus Cunha is in it. Richarlison is in it. And uh, all of a sudden, Copa America is going to be very interesting for Brazilian strikers. I still don't know. Even though you say Richarlison and Mateus Cunha are in excellent form, they still have yep. Marcos Leonardo balling out, balling out. Mm-hmm. No, getting more minutes for Benfica. Richarlison and Matheus Cunha are playing good, but you have Marcos Leonardo go- doing well at Benfica. Artur Cabral do- going well, doing well at Benfica too. Hendrik and Vitor Roque too to all go against uh, Matheus Cunha and Richarlison. That's yeah. a bold statement. But since you're mentioning Wolves, I want to mention the best player of Wolves. It's not Matheus Cunha, oh, yeah. Breton. It's Pedro Neto. It's Neto. Pedro yep. Neto, if he's fully fit, he's one of the best wingers in the world. And I'm not saying mm. under 25. I literally mean with the pace, with the one-on-one skill he's got, with the energy that he has. I fully, I, I, no, I don't fully expect. I pray to see Pedro Neto in Euro 2024 without injuries yep. and playing consistently until then. I mean it. Pedro Neto and Michael Olise, for me, are the best players outside the top six in the Premier League. I would be shook, shook if I see these two players in another, no, not in another Premier League team next season. Especially Olise, because he doesn't have this injury crisis that Pedro Neto, unfortunately, has been having uh, during his time at Wolves. But extraordinary player. It's true. And and even after missing all those games, I believe he just was that his tenth assist that he had, or did they not count it? Eight assists in the prem. Okay, all right, all right. So he's getting he's getting back up there. But yeah, two goals, eight assists, and fourteen Premier League starts. Like that's unreal, considering (laughs) the fact that he doesn't play a lot. Like eight assists. and one one more stat for you because it wouldn't have happened without Mateus Cunha and Pedro Neto on Neto on the field. Mm. Um, I believe that was the first time in almost fifty years that Wolves have beaten Chelsea both home and away in a Premier League season. Home and away. Oh. Fifty years. That shows. Fifty years. Pochettino, yeah. you yeah. must go. You must go. Yeah. Stats like that well, cannot happen. Well, that alone, I mean, Pochettino has conceded now for the second time this season, he's conceded four goals in back-to-back games. That alone, I don't even know when that goes back to, what stat, how far that goes back to in Chelsea history. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're talking about two stretches of back-to-back four. And Xavi stepped down after two games with four and five conceded, if I, I or four oh. and three conceded. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, just based on statistics alone, Todd Bowley's got to be fuming, one. Uh, and two, um, he's he's getting ready to make another bad decision. Well, right? well said. And, and since we were mentioning Wolves, now we should mention, I think, a bit of Tottenham. Because, yes, I know Richarlison, <laughs> those nine goals in eight games yep. is pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the main variable in which... Makes me think that Tottenham will win a trophy in the next two years is Ange Postecoglou. The mentality of this yeah. team, the positivity in this team is through the roof compared to past seasons. And and imagine, yep. imagine you you imagine you would tell a Tottenham fan that they would be having a, a season that they would be fifth and they would playing attractive football when Harry Kane has left. People would say you yep. would be mad. And Mickey van der Ven, mm. James Madison, Vicario, all positive transfers done 
Bayanche Postagoku. This is a new era yeah. of Tottenham, in my view, and it's all about the mentality. The mentality yeah. of Anche Postagoku is the reason why Richarlison's having his best form. Pape Matasar was in his best form. Destiny Udogi mm -hmm. is having a great start in the Prem with Anche Postagoku. Mm -hmm. And even a Pedro Porro that we had a commentator, Recknap, the son of uh, Harry mm -hmm. Recknap, saying that Porro is one of the worst transfers in Tottenham history. Blasphemous. No. Blasphemous. Yeah. And now you see Udogi and Poru, one of the best fullbacks duos in the Premier League, at least right now. So it's just very positive. But, Mickey van der Ven and Kuti Humeru is the best duo I've seen at Tottenham in terms of center backs yeah. since Alderweireld and Vertogen. No doubt in my I'm, mind. And Lloris, yep. I know Vicario. He, it's a big, heavy name that he's got to replace. And Vicario's doing a really good job replacing that big name of Ugulioris. Tottenham legend. Yeah, but uh, you, what everything you said there is spot on. Uh, whether it's vibes, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> it, it, it feels cohesive. It feels ready. And they're, remember, they're doing this this resurgence in form without Son, who is in the semifinals of uh, the Asian Cup, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully going for a win if Jurgen Klinsmann doesn't muck it up. But listen... <laughs> They, I'm most impressed with the intent in the transfer window that they've gotten because all those names that you just mentioned are are younger names, right? Than what we have kind of seen in in a Spurs uh, jersey uh, in the past. Uh, so between Van de Ven, who's 22, Brennan Johnson, 22, Sar, 21, Udogi, 21, Radu Dragasin, who picked Spurs over quite a few other teams, one including Bayern Munich, uh, Alejo Valiz, who just went on loan to Sevilla, Lucas Bergvall, who they just took. Essentially, they hijacked the deal, um, not for more money necessarily, but they hijacked the deal from Barcelona. Convinced um, the, I mean, project. That, uh, the project. The yeah, project. Yeah, exactly. Mad. And then you've got a you've got a youth academy that I think is mildly underrated and underutilized. So it's nice to see even Big Ange has handed uh, I believe he handed his debut to Jamie Donnelly, who's a striker. Uh, they've got way down there Mikey Moore, who's 16 years old, who's killing the U18 Premier League. Uh, you've got Alfie Devine, um, Tyrese Paul, I think is his name, who's been very good. So they have the makings, Alex, mm -hmm. of. Uh, of continuity. Uh, and I am very surprised that this, this far after Harry Kane has left, um, that they're this stable. Well, I really am. And, I'll, and uh, you like to see it. Well, you really let me do ask like you to this, because it's a bridge mm -hmm. to do Man United, but I want to ask you this. Sure. Right now, Tottenham are six points ahead of Man United. Do you think Tottenham will yep. be finishing ahead of Man United at the end of the season? I do. I I'm do. starting yeah. to get the feeling, maybe no. This Hoyland, yeah. this Kobe Maino, oh, this Garnacho, it's not just the photo. It's the way they play. Unreal. Finally, yeah. finally we see the, the Rasmus Vinted Hoyland getting the respect. And the way he plays is finally what we were expecting. Right now, oh. Rasmus Vinted mm -hmm. Hoyland is the youngest player ever in Man United history to score four in four consecutive Premier League games. The youngest, yep. the movement, the understanding, it's there right now. And I just want to say this sentence. Feed the beast. Feed Rasmus <laughs> Winter Hoyland. It's not Anthony Martial anymore. Christian Ronaldo, you had to feed him better. But now you have Hoyland, feed him the best way you can. And with a Garnacho yep. in the right wing, Garnacho is the right winger. 
than Man United should have started since the start. Not an Anthony for a hundred million. Omar Berad yeah. is for sure overseeing everything that's happening. And I can guarantee you, I know 97 minute Kobe Maino scores his first Premier League game. Hoorah, hoorah, big celebrations, big moments. But Omar Berada, if he's judging things how it should be judged defensively, they shouldn't be suffering three mm. goals, Man United. It's embarrassing. No. And there's still a defensive crisis right there. Onana isn't looking yeah. too secure. Maguire even had a mistake or two. Varane's not looking the Varane that we saw in the past. People have question marks still, still, even though they have these two, these two great wins. You should have question marks with yeah. the Ethan Hawks continuity long term because I've learned one thing uh, in football: new boss, yeah. new rules, new rules changes. Sometimes the managers change. Mm. Sometimes no. Majority of times the manager changes. So don't be shocked if mm -hmm. that happens with Surgeon Ratcliffe's effect in charge now at Man United. Yeah, well, Alex, um, you mentioned that defense, um, <laughs> Lisandro Martinez. Obviously, that 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 leg, we're we're hoping for the mm. best uh, because the transfer window is done. Done. Um, and Lisandro Martinez is injured, and it, I think, Quite quote so. on quote on X, it says it does not look good. Right. If I if I have to summarize what people are saying currently. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Rasmus Holland coming into his own. Absolutely wonderful to see. But I got to say, Casemiro, his determination in that first goal um, is the reason why Ho Hoyland even got that even mm -hmm. got that choice. And Garnacho, I'm not here to pour like cold water on this resurgence and this these last two games, which have been arguably probably the best two games in uh, back to back in Manchester United's um season so far uh in terms of outcome not necessarily actual gameplay but um Alejandro Garnacho the, the only issue I have right now is continuity it's consistency with him I mean four of his Premier League goals uh four of his five Premier League goals came in two games mm -hmm. okay I mean for a 19 year old winger I'm not I'm not here to say like no obviously he's special but you need him to be special week you need him to be uh Rashford at his best right Rashford when he was just just dominant for that 13 or 14 game stretch and we we will not see that um well, just yet well, uh, with Garnacho and I just don't see long term Alex mm -hmm. Garnacho being great or his best under Ten Hag's reign. I just don't see it happening. So that's a big question mark with Ten Hag because in Ten Hag's mind the right winger in 2 years would have been Anthony not Garnacho. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Garnacho made it happen. I completely agree. But I disagree, though, that I think Garnacho is special. You said it. But I think Garnacho, now's the time. Why do I say now's the time with Garnacho? Okay. Garnacho's decision making is much better right now. I don't know what happened in New Year's Eve. I don't know if this is a New Year resolution, <laughs> but one thing's changed. His decision making and efficiency and involvement. He's much more involved with the team. Garnacho and Hoyland try to find each other a lot more and even switching wings. You see Garnacho feeling a mm -hmm. lot free to be doing involvement with uh, Rashford. You wouldn't see the both on the same wing too much last season. But yes, Kobe Maino, Rasmus Viter Hoyland, Garnacho, they're the present and the future of Man United. And that's what needs to be the guarantee of Man United fans. They have to start week in, week in. No, it has to be regardless of anything. And that's why Ten Hag. 
That's his savior right now, Kobe Maino. And I'm excited for England fans because England's future yeah. with Kobe Maino, mm. with Jude Bellingham, with Declan Rice, Jordan Henderson. I'm sorry, mate. You might be a lot of very <laughs> reputationable on that squad, but Kobe Maino, I think, is here to stay. This kid is yeah. the real deal, and he's the starter of Man United from now on, guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. He well, doesn't. Yeah, leave. I, I, I think so. And if it, if it's, uh, it's, it's a high bar to set for the rest of the academy boys. I just wish for, for United's sake, they had some defensive young bucks coming through that they could count on, um, in the same way that they are going to lean on uh, Kabi Mainu. Um, and that's the thing is we have to remember there there have been a couple howlers that Mainu has done in terms of di- getting dispossessed and all that. You got to remember this kid is young. He's mm-hmm. not a world beater um, just yet, but he does need to play and he does play the right way. Hard mm-hmm. on his sleeve, right? You you see it. Um, also good to see Omari Forsen get his first Premier League minutes. Uh, he's somebody that has been killing it in the youth ranks for United for like a long time. Um, so good to see him get his first minutes. I think he even got the assist on that Kabi Mainu goal mm-hmm. uh, in that crazy game at the Molyneux. Um, But you're right. I mean, the, the big story with United and whether or not they get Champions League or get European ball um, is going to be defense mm-hmm. from here on out. And, and, um, and, and that's and, a that's a big deal. <laughs> and you say it's the big deal. It's because Anthony's been spent a hundred million, and they could have spent yeah. it on defenders, and they had Garnacho uh-huh. from the start there. So it's the management, yeah. it's the structure, it's the salaries, it's the transfers, it's everything that Omar Berada needs to change. But let us know what didn't what did You're we here. miss in the Premier League. Let us know down below in the comments and what you agree and what you disagree. Like this video, people. Yes. But another league that we have to mention. Two points separates Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern Munich. And Xabi mm-hmm. Alonso Ball is the main reason that is happening. Xabi Alonso Ball with Bayer Leverkusen this season. 29 games, 25 yep. vi- wins, 4 draws. And one of those draws was against Bayern Munich. I believe it mm-hmm. will be 30 wins on uh, 30 games unbeaten and they will not lose against Bayern Munich next weekend. Thomas Tuchel wow. versus Xabi Alonso. Xabi Alonso will show with even though he's got mad injuries, well Bayern Munich has mad injuries mm-hmm. too. But Leverkusen I think has more detrimental injuries than Bayern Munich, but I still believe they will win this game. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I I'd like to I I just feel like the script is is tightening. Once again, you've got the Manchester City getting the favorable result from Liverpool or from, you know, Arsenal Mm -hmm. beating Liverpool at home. And I just feel like it's going to happen again in the Bundesliga. And I want to be wrong, Alex. I do. (laughs) I want to be wrong. Nothing against nothing against Bayern Munich, who I think was one of the smarter winter transfer window participants um, out of any other team out there um maybe even next to you know like spurs but yeah you said it leverkusen 20 games 16 wins four draws 52 goals scored only 14 conceded um there's there's even with victor boniface even with yeah and they got they got two goals against darmstadt they got two goals from somebody that was a want away from the championship somebody that was leaving the sinking ship of southampton nathan tella 24 years old kind of played i think wing back on the day Mm -hmm. um and excelled in that role and um it's it's great to see the system working for 
more people, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just the Grimaldos, you've got Nathan Tella scoring those two goals um, and getting the job done. And, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I want want you to be right. I want Bayer Leverkusen to at least hold... to at least hold Bayern to a draw or beat them. And Bayern, mm-hmm. you mentioned it, they have the, they have issues of their own. Uh, Upa Meccano is out. They got Eric Dyer. Alfonso Davies might be out a little while. He has an MCL sprain. That's sure. not good. Um, they're Two, going to months. have to replace him. But guess what? They've got uh, Pavlovich in the middle of the oh, field yes. who has played phenomenally well and has scored in his last two games. And you've got uh, – who's the right back that has come in for them? Sasha Boy. Very well. Sasha Boy. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. Sasha yep. Boy. 30 million. A bit of Frankie so, Betty vibes. Really, really smart stuff. And you're mentioning yep. so Byron yep. right now. I want to say congratulations. Thomas Muller has played 500. 500 competitive matches. This man is the reason of all those Bundesligas in a row. He's a leader. He's a reference. And the way he sees the game, the way he sees the game is absolutely underrated in my eyes. Genius. Genius. It's the Bruyne levels genius. It's Thomas Muller level genius. One of the catalysts of this good form every time to win the Champions League. What an amazing journey it's been. But you said it, Bretton. And I want to give you a question too. Mm -hmm. Harry Kane has 27 games, 28 goals, 8 assists with Bayern Munich. It's been a mad one. It's been pure, simply Mm -hmm. a mad one. The best striker in the world right now. But I wanted to ask you, Harry Kane is 17 goals away of breaking Lewandowski's record in the Bundesliga. In in this yeah. in the la- in the next 14 games, do you think he's going to break that record? Mm-hmm. Um I, I earlier this season I would have said yes. Uh, right now I just It's it just two goals like a game. It's just yeah. two goals a game. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's just, yeah, it's just a casual two goals a game. Um, well, if you're taking out the fact that he's not going to score against Leverkusen, <laughs> it's, it's, it's how many games after that? So that's one less game. Uh, so he's got to get, what, 17 and 13 games? Uh, yes. Uh, it's still very Harry Kane, in order to oof. beat Lewandowski's record in the Bundesliga, he's got to score 17 goals in the next 14 games. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to uh, happen, very doable. because yeah. Harry mm. Kane is in the chase of becoming the best English striker ever. And right now, that is with mm. Alan Shearer. And I think if yeah. he manages to be the best striker when he leaves the Premier well, that was Holland. But he, if he manages to yep. have a successful run in the Champions League, I don't know. I think it's moving more towards a legacy here and breaking that record of Lewandowski. But you mentioned this name briefly. Alexander yep. Pavlovich. Alexander mm-hmm. Pavlovich, for me, is going to Euro 2024. This Germany team needs players like this. Players that want to inspire, want to make a difference. And you feel it in this midfield. It wasn't Kimmich. Yep. It was Goretzka and Pavlovich. I would start this yep. player until the end of the season. Tuchel, trust him. The confidence he has on the ball, I was mesmerized. I knew him watching him in the youth league, watching him in the Bayern yep. youth. I didn't know he was this good, honestly. So, Musiala, Pavlovich, 19, mad. Mad, it's mad. He must start every game. And and the the crazy part here is that they've been doing a lot of this this season um, and keeping pace with a historic performance from Leverkusen. Um, largely without some of their biggest players and, and getting this type of output 
in the nine games I think he's played so far this season from Pavlovich, two goals, two assists at 19. Um, I mean, that just, it's a testament to the actual structure that Bayern does have um, and the depth that they've got. I mean, if Kane, something happens to Kane, Matisse Tell is going to step up um, as he's done as a super sub, and he's going to finally get his, his moment in the sun. Um, (laughs) Now, Fullback is where where you get a little interesting. Who's who's Alfonso Davies backup and will he be as functional? It's just kind of heartbreaking to see Alfonso Davies uh, have. He's had a tough last few years with illness, with injuries, with yeah, all sorts of stuff. So um, yeah, I'm with you. At Pavlovich you... is a name you've got to watch, and I bet you Serbia is watching him, um, uh, hoping that Germany miss. Germany mismanages it no, um, no, so no, they can no. go in and get that one-time switch, but I don't think he's going anywhere. He's going to the Euros, Bretson. I, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, too, congratu- <laughs> and not yeah. congratulations, big, t- big kudos to Thomas Tuchel. Mm-hmm. I don't think Julian Nagelsmann would have bet on uh, Pavlovich like Tuchel has because okay. in order to do that, you need to surpass a Kimmich. You need to surpass mm-hmm. a Limer. You need to surpass players that they're starters and they're references. So the fact that you're betting on a kid like this is big yeah. respect towards Tucho. But let us know down below who do you believe is going to win this game in the Bundesliga? Bayer Leverkusen or Bayern Munich? And are you with this hope like me that Xavi Alonso is going to win the Bundesliga? Let us know in the comments section. But yes, yeah. hope. Alfonso <laughs> Davis, you're mentioning Alfonso Davis. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, Alfonso Davis, yep. is he really going to Real Madrid, Breton? <laughs> mm, if not him, if not him, we know there is somebody, somebody waiting in the wings. But yeah, I do. I feel like Alfonso Davies is going to want to take that next step. Um, so I am going to say yes, depending on how serious his injuries are and how can, you know, how back to back they get. Alfonso Davies will go to Real Madrid. Mm. It makes sense. Makes, but, it makes too much sense. I agree with you. But big, I want to give a thumbs up to Fran Garcia too. But yes, transfers yeah. is now in full case. It's ended. The deadline day has happened. January has finished. But I'm going to say it. It's been a weak January transfer window. Compared to past ones, Enzo in the last day. Yeah. Compared to a Luis Diaz, a shocking move. Compared to... I don't know, past transfer windows, it's it hasn't been the same vibe. But yes, you said it. ESPN yesterday well, gave the big news. The bomb. The bomb that everybody's mm-hmm. expecting. Kylian Mbappé, rumoredly by ESPN, is going to be joining Real Madrid. And as we said in the past podcast, yep. who's going to replace Kylian Mbappé or who PSG wants to replace Kylian Mbappé? It's Rafael Yo. It's just too obvious. You got to listen mm-hmm. to FC Wonder Kid podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. I... Well, but Kylian Mbappe, if this happens, if this happens, you've now got Kylian Mbappe as the old guy in a Real Madrid <laughs> in a Real Madrid lineup that still needs, you know, defensive center back help. Although I understand who's coming back, but Kylian Mbappe as the old guy. You've got Jude Bellingham. You've mm. got Vinicius Jr. You've got Rodrigo. You've got Shuameni. You've got Eduardo Camavinga. You've got Fran Garcia. You've got Arta Goulart, who hasn't really played too, too much just yet. There is so much mm-hmm. uh, dynastic, dynastic potential here that it's scary. Oh, it's it, scary, Alex. It's, and I, Kylian Mbappe, oh my gosh, just kudos. added to that. It's kudos to it's, Real Madrid. It's insane. 
Real Madrid makes the decision of Kylian Mbappé going to Real Madrid, obvious, because right now at Real Madrid, you have Vinicius Jr., Jude Bellingham, Brahim Dias, Camavinga, Valverde, captain of Uruguay, they sign him for 5 million. And then you have a Chouameni replacing Casemiro, Arda Guler, Hendrik, Hendrik coming next season, and Rodrigo Góis. Rodrigo Góis, too, that's... Rodrigo and Vini cost less than 50 million. Look how much yeah. it cost Barca to get Rafinha, a worst winger. They developed Real Madrid yeah. and they, res they deserve respect towards doing that. The decision is obvious, yeah. Kylian Mbappé. You have to have your salary because that's what you're going to get with Real Madrid. Greatness and success. It's Kylian Mbappé, undoubtedly, it's factus that he's the best player in his generation. Definitely the best player born in 98. And I think any generation close to that one, he's better player. He's better than Haaland. Cut it out in terms of talents. Kylian Mbappé offers more to a team than Erling Haaland. He's more limited as a striker. But at left wing, if Kylian Mbappé goes to Real Madrid, it's at least two Ballon d'Ors in the next five years. Those are my expectations because he's consistently a favorite to win Super League, Champions League, whatever league with Kylian Mbappé at Real Madrid. Yep. They're favorites. And Euros, everything. Yeah. Even yeah. the impact of France. Like, I say a lot this in the podcast. A strong Barca team mm -hmm. is a strong Spanish national team. A strong Real Madrid mm -hmm. team is a strong Brazilian team, a strong France team, a strong, uh, a strong any team. Because you have Vini, Rodrigo, Hendrik, and then with France, you got Camavinga, Chouameni, Mbappé. You got references yeah. that are being created. Galacticos being created. Yeah. So it's the difference well, uh, between and, and they're, I mean, hey, Todd Bowley, this is how you spend money <laughs> and how you get younger in the same sentence, right? Um, and uh, they're doing it. And obviously a lot of it is years and years of being a legendary brand as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that Kylian Mbappe, True. who has already lifted a World Cup, uh, can basically say this is where i need to go and i need to take this haircut in order to do it it's yeah i mean barca has that type of clout too but barca right now is riding into the ground um players because of their financial situation they're riding laminia mall right mm -hmm. into the ground in Whoa. my opinion they rode pedri gavi two insanely ridiculous talents who no doubt will be back to their best very very soon but they're riding them into the ground at a necessity um, and you could argue La Fabrica, you could argue uh, Real Madrid should give more opportunities to their younger players coming through, but they have this conveyor belt of just well done mm -hmm. um, expenditure, you know, expenditure. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just in, incredibly uh, impressed because the average age, even if you put the old man Mbappe in there. Um, of this youthful core is like 22, right? I mean, Bellingham's 20 still. It's insane. True. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. you so you think two Ballon d'Ors in the next five years or Kylian Mbappe's in a, a bust at Real Madrid? I think he at least needs to get one Ballon d'Or to be considered the best player in the world because those are the demands that Kylian Mbappe is going to have with Real Madrid. The demands that a Cristiano Ronaldo would have. The demands a Karim Benzema would have. But more a Ronaldo. I think if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, the only player mm -hmm. he can be compared to is Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of expectations. But the truth is, Ronaldo, when he goes to Real Madrid, he won a Ballon d'Or mm -hmm. 
with Man United in the Champions League. Kylian Mbappé, when he goes to Real Madrid, he doesn't go with the Champions League one. Yes, he won. He, yeah. he did win that World Cup with an extraordinary French national team. Prime Pogba. Griezmann going bold. But there's still, yep. still question marks if he can be the main man in a, at club level towards winning a Champions League. We've seen it in international mm. football. I strongly believe Kylian Mbappé in international football is the best player in the world with what he does for France. He's the captain of that team, yeah. and he's played more than 70 games for this um, national team. But for club level, that yeah. cannot be what is said. And Vinicius Junior, I don't know who starts at left wing. Maybe Kylian Mbappé starts as striker for one season, but... Long term, I do not believe that Kylian Mbappé will be starting as striker for Real Madrid. So even there, it will be interesting yeah, to see how they move. A, how they move, Breton. But I wanted to mention, since we're mentioning Real Madrid, just briefly, Vitor yep. Roque, two goals. Vitor Roque, two goals in 133 minutes. He arrives sure. in January. And a red a, card. And a red card to go to Carnaval. No, he's not going. He's going <laughs> to trade. He's going to understand much more than movement. It's just funny to me that that happened. Uh, but the truth is, it, he's it having a, a good soft, impact. It was a soft red card. Yeah, it was yeah. a weird one. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, have given yeah, a red to that. Yeah. I wouldn't have given a red to yeah. that. But you said it. La Mina Mal oh. is mm-hmm. the best right yes. winger at Barca right now. La Mina Mal he's phenomenal. is no doubt in he's my 16. mind the best <laughs> Under 18 dribbler in the world right now playing football. The best, okay? That's the way he plays, the confidence he has. And right now, yeah. La Mina Mal and Vitor Hoc, that's what Barca needs to bet on for the future. Those two players. But, and that in and of itself just makes me sad because I, I, just, see, I just see Pedri and Gavi in him. Uh, in the future, and I'm I'm worried, and I, even Alejandro Balde, who's now out for a, a long period of time, um, and I, I understand that that is the, you're worried about that the is oh of no, no accumulated no. of Laminia exactly on on a 16 and a half year old's body absolutely that's what I'm worried about call it the dad and me <laughs> I I just I look at it and I go there's no doubting his talent there's no doubting how um how much of a game changer and how ridiculously bright his future is the only thing that's going to hurt him is starting too soon um this is not a situation of you know if you're if you're uh good enough you're old enough or you're old enough you're good enough whatever it is that saying this is not that situation it's just he's already put a thousand plus minutes on his body um and i don't see it i don't see that stopping well anytime soon we've seen well, Lamina mm, Mal, yeah. in the last four games for Barca, I think he's got more than 300 minutes played. More than 300 minutes. So, Lamazi yeah. with Xavi, that's the identity that he's building. Uh, Gavi, yeah. a, a Pedri that came from Las Palmas for $5 million, but it's been vital. And a Pau Cubarsi that's been growingly yeah. okay, playing with uh, Xavi. So, yeah, it's a, it's a new era. And Gundogan, one goal and an assist. That was a, quite a leader moment he had there. But Lewandowski, it was. 14 goals in his last 31 games. Unfortunately, I expect this to be Lewandowski's last season at Barca. This summer, think so? I think Barca are going to be selling mm. him. They need the funds, and I think Vitor Roque needs the confidence boost uh, to be the main man, and I think that's going to be the case. Which is going to yeah, be... Well, it's a risky you know, one. He, it's a risky one. Well... Lewandowski go to the go to Syria where aging strikers uh, have field days like or Olivier Giroud with what eleven goals eight assists. <laughs> I think Lewandowski's uh, going to the Saudi Pro League. I'd be surprised if he and doesn't. We'll never s- and we'll never see him again. Look at Mitrovic though. 
We we're seeing him big time, and I think sure. as a European, well, I think I'm going to be seeing Mitrovic in the Euros. I'm quite scared of that. <laughs> be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and wait, uh, do we ever get clarity on Milinkovic Savic and whether or not he's actually no, he's lobbying staying. to come back? He's staying. I spoke he is to staying. Bruno Andrade uh, over the week, a reporter nice. very, with very good size with the Saudi League, and I asked him about Jota, mm-hmm. Sergei Milinkovic Savic, and Benzema leaving the Saudi Pro League. He guaranteed me. That yep. in January that wouldn't be the case, and as we see, that's that hadn't hasn't been the case. But it's not yet. worrying signs. Yes. Only Henderson, but it's worrying signs to yeah. until now in terms of transfers. Yeah. But yeah, it's looking uh, yeah. interesting. We, uh, <laughs> well, yes, yeah. Um, but hey, if we're gonna talk about Barca quickly, Real Madrid quickly, we got to talk about Hirona. <laughs> um, fifty-two goals scored, Alex. Uh, we were talking about the high-powered financial engine and the expenditure of Real Madrid. Um, we are, and that is a that is a fact and will be for the foreseeable future because of the brand. And it's not Real Madrid that is a leading La Liga in goals scored right now. In <laughs> fact, it is Girona. And I must say to you that they were able to, if you go back and you look at their transfer windows, mm-hmm. yes, you can talk about City Football Group. You can talk about, you know, being monetarily backed. Well, if they're monetarily backed, they're spending paltry sums compared to other teams that is 25 million spent with mm. 8 million of that roughly what is that Dovbeek. roughly one third of that on one player artem dovbeck who happens to be their leading scorer but 25 million is what it took to assemble essentially their whole front six front seven right and that is just impressive. Now, whether or not it can consistently be done, because there are question marks in the, in the future about does Savio stay? How do they get him in permanently without breaking the bank? Um, but it is so impressive what they've done. There's 52 goals scored, um, and they are a stone's throw from leading this thing. Um, and they just need, I don't know, somebody to do something to Real Madrid to knock them off their perch. Uh, but it's not going to happen. Whoa. So... Just wanted to bring that up because what they've gotten out of what they've spent, Girona deserves a whole lot more attention. Um, the Some of the best guys came in on free. Uh, and they are seventh in La Liga in shots per game. And they are also second in La Liga in big chances missed. So if you don't think that this... Um, can get better for them in the future. Uh, it absolutely can if they can minimize some things and do a little bit better uh, in terms of in front of the goal. Uh, so I just got to bring it up because they continue to win and they continue to win in in pretty electrifying fashion. No, it's, I it's... still want to make a pilgrimage to Montalivi. Are you going with me? <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. It's it's okay. close to Barca Girona, so the proximity. It is. It's it it's is. so interesting to see that. They're the ones succeeding and not so Barca. Great. It's it's quite a mad yeah. one. And free transfers that you're mentioning, Eric Garcia, Daily Blind. Yes. Quite shocking that yep. those ones were so good as they're being. But Jan Koto, I really like. And Savio. Savio is one of yeah. the best young wiggers in the world right now. For what he's doing at Girona, mm-hmm. I'm, I am I think he's going to the Premier League next season. I'd be shocked yeah. if a Premier League team is not going to be grabbing a player like this. City group included. Yeah, Come on! I was going to say, Doku on profits? one end, Savio on the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. I, I, the only thing I'd be worried about, I guess, is, uh, I don't know, his ability to withstand 38 games in the Premier League. Um, but, he, but he yeah, I don't think 100%. I don't think he'd be starting right away. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think he'd be starting right away. But I, I, La Liga is perfect for him. 
So I'd be surprised if he if he doesn't stick around at Hirona, considering that there is that connection. But yeah, I mean, come on, you got the Ukrainian connection too between Saigonkov and uh, and Dovbik. Mm-hmm. It's just an easy team to root for right now. Um, but we'll see. We'll see and, what happens. And you're and, it, and you're yeah. mentioning great great uh, transfers done. I got to say, in La Liga, too, I was shocked with this under-23 transfer. We mentioned it in the last podcast, but the fact that Mm -hmm. Artur Vermaren (laughs) went to this Atlético de Madrid team, no doubt in my mind, I would put him in my best under-23-11 of winter transfers. Do you agree with me, Bresson? (laughs) I do agree with you. I do agree with you. I think it was one of the only real shock uh, transfer grabs of the of all of January. I mean, that one kind of came out of left field. That's uh, um, but a, a, one shocking for who? me. Well, shocking for me too is Jorena to Nottingham oh, Forest. That was shocking for okay. me too. But Luis Enrique yeah. being the highest transfer ever in Brazilian history mm-hmm. for me is shocking. Yeah. John Texter getting that done for 20 million of Real Betis to Botafogo. I don't know if that's the move because you see in Portugal, 20 million, that's Guilherme. Yep. I don't have the same yeah. expectations with Luis Enrique. Sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, the, the 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 crazier thing about the Vermeeren, right? Um, for me, is that that was probably the only major entry to La Liga in this winter window, um, and it just it's a testament to well, um, the fact that it has been a sleepier January than last year, and that's because guess who decided to sit out the transfer yeah, window? Todd Todd Bowley. And Chelsea, and also, yeah, the big ones in Real Madrid and Barcelona. They did not, they did not partake uh, per se. So I think the difference in in the Premier League, I know, a billion dollars roughly was spent uh, in January last season, and roughly under that, like ninety million, a hundred million was spent in this January. So, so it's like one tenth of the size of the amount of deals that we saw so in January of last year. I, um, but I, yeah. I just want to say well, what you're saying, so it made, made me have a realization. Barca, yeah. this season in transfers, in transfers, okay? I'm not saying free transfers because they're very expensive if you don't know. Gunogan doesn't come cheap. But in, free, in, no. tr- in transfer fees, they spend <laughs> $5 million because summer, mm. it was Oriol Romeo, the only transfer fee. Then you have in January, yeah. no one because Lucas Bergwald prefers to go to Tottenham than Barca. Only five million spent. Mm-hmm. That's that shows the problem, the money problem that's been happening in La Liga. Like that's more than showing. Unreal. Yep, still going on. I ah, know Vitor Hock. Yeah. I'm capping. But like, sorry, Vitor Hock. <laughs> but I'm capping. Vitor yes, Hock. but that that was already on the that was already on the books. That was just kind of processed. It wasn't necessarily. Yeah, but no. I'm with you, but a lot of the clubs, just the financial might of the Premier League is very apparent. Uh, mm-hmm. We say this quite often uh, because a lot of the, uh, not clubs, the other leagues also sat out for the most part. Sure. Um, yeah, the Bundesliga, I guess, was mildly active, but my goodness, the, the amount of quality, yes, the Portuguese League, the amount of quality loans that have been happening, you've seen it. Um, I think this is a post-COVID type of a situation where I want a loan before I buy type of sitch, um, that's going to continue. I think you're going to see that become uh, more the norm than it already is uh, from here on out. And Alcaraz. that's why... That's why Carlos Alcaraz to Juve. I like that move too. And yes. it's like you're saying, it's a loan first, then a buy mm-hmm. option. It's $30 million, I think, right? Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. And Rodrigo Ribeiro. And that he, it was Gio Reyna, shockingly, yes. going to Nottingham Forest. And Rodrigo Ribeiro, he's a talented yeah. striker. But it's I'd compare a bit with Yusef Shermiti going to Everton. Don't have the expectations of Georg Erich, okay? <laughs> going to exactly. Nottingham Forest. Like, but good potential. Good potential. Are they, do they both have the same agent? George uh, Minch, yes. Both yep. Gio Reyna and Rodrigo Ribeiro have the same agent. <laughs> wow. I think, I think. Well, well, yeah, no, I know. Well, I, it was a big deal when Reyna announced that he left uh, the largest American agent to join, yeah, George Mensch. And that, I, that's why the I would have liked to see him wind up in Sevilla uh, because I feel like there he could have played right away. And then Sevilla ended up going with Alejo Valiz, although they don't exactly play the same um, position. Defensive but uh, yeah, they signed Mejri too. Yeah, it was a younger team and somebody that they needed kind of like Valencia. Well, they need life. They need to uh, breathe life into Sevilla again. Mm-hmm. Um, two years in a row that they've flirted with relegation before kind of spiking up the table near the end. Uh, it needs to stop. But Gio Reyna would have done phenomenally there. But Whatever. I, as long as we see Gio Reyna play, um, as long as we see will Rodrigo Ribeiro play. Will we see Gio Reyna uh, play at Nottingham Forest, Breton? Like that's Anthony the thing. I don't, I, it's a, it's a flipping question mark, and I don't know why. Why? When you know that you're not getting the time at Dortmund, why your next step would have that question mark next to it? I don't know why. I, I, I wish Gio Reyna would just say, no, I need to go somewhere that I need to play Maybe right he does now. think that with Nottingham Forest. Maybe he thinks he plays Just, right now in this Nottingham Forest team. I don't see where. I mean, Morgan Gibbs White. You're gonna. They spent fifty million on him, forty million on him. You're gonna like just kick him out? No. I don't see him starting anytime for soon. They don't have Europe. They don't. They don't have you know Dortmund. At least he could get twenty minutes in the Champions League versus well, getting twenty minutes against. But I remember whatever. speaking to uh, you. Luton Town and Juranus potential. Yeah was to be the best U.S. men's national team player. Pulisic, I know, yes. now made the right move to go to AC Milan. Nottingham Forest yeah. could be the right move for Giorena. It's been good for Matt Turner. Yeah, not really. Not really. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> no. Matt, Matt Turner had a, good, had a good month or two, but they just brought in Matt Sells, uh, and Matt Turner is back on the bench. Uh, and hey. Vlakadimos, I guess, was Vlakadimos hey. was sent out to pasture. He's now their third. Uh, so yeah, Matt Vlako Turner. Dimos no, we have a goalkeeper. Keeper. At, at, He's at, the at third keeper there. And, P- and, and we gotta also remember. And there's still Benfica fans un- that defend Vlakadimos instead of Trubin. Blasphemous. Yeah, that's crap. <laughs> it is. Uh, and we gotta remember, Forrest is also under um, investigation. Uh, as well, because like they've signed 50 players, 50 some players um, over the last three windows. It's been what? absolutely insane. Some some who came in and left before ever playing for the club, like a Gustavo Scarpa. Right. Mm. Remember that name? I like where it. the hell did he go? Mina, uh, yeah, he was phenomenal Mina, in the Brazilian Real. With and, uh, yeah. And I thought. And I thought that that was going to work out. Uh, you've got Danilo, who I think you know, for Palmeiras was great. Uh, I, I think he's been okay at times Fleet for them. Uh, but he's been in and out of the 11. I mean, we can go through a transfer uh, list of players that have not worked out for Nottingham Forest, and they're still on the books there. Yeah, still, on the books still in there. the Premier League. Um, it's, gonna... it's crazy. Let's see. I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's see how it's going to go for them. But, Bretson, just a quick, like... quick lineup here. 
Can you tell us your best under 23 winter transfers this window? <laughs> yeah, I, I can do it very quickly. I've got no loans in this. And I might on, on the right back side of things. I, Sasha Bowie, is he still 23? He, I think he is. Yes, I've got Sasha Bowie. Okay. Okay, good. Because for, for today, we're going to count him as 23 if for some reason he's not. So my best uh, 11 of the transfer window, U23, uh, we had the cheat. I had to say uh, 25-year-old Lucas Perry, or I think he's 25, for Lyon, the Texter Express. Uh, you know, Lyon getting Adrielson and Lucas Perry, but he has yet to take over for Anthony um, Lopez. So we'll see if that happens. So let's forget the goalkeeper for right now. Yeah, no let's goalkeeper, go best left, 11. <laughs> of under left, left. No goalkeeper, best 10, basically. Left back, Valentin Barco for Brighton. Can't wait till he gets mm. on the pitch. Um, Colo Barco is going uh, to to light up the Premier League, much like um, we are seeing a lot of these Brighton signings and so, those that still have time to marinate. My center backs are weird ones. One I don't really know in Otavio to Porto, but I am very intrigued by that signing. Um, and Radu Dragasin for Tottenham, mainly because Tottenham, I think, is the winner in the spirit, in the um, uh, the vibes that are being sent on off. Someone, Bretton, on Brazilian Who am I player? sleeping on? I think you're sleeping on Lucas Beraldo. I think Lucas Beraldo uh, well, is yeah. a Brazilian national team signing True. in present and future of PSG in Brazil. I was shocked sure with the fact that Lucas Beraldo went for 20 million. Leave São Paulo, yeah. one of the best young center backs I've seen in Brazil in the last two years, leaves for yeah. 20 million to Paris Saint-Germain. It's it's this yeah. disrespect to the Brazilian league. And then you have 20 million, biggest signing ever, Luis Henrique. Mad. Yeah. Mad. What a signing. Well, I I'll be honest, I did not I forgot him. I just forgot. <laughs> just straight forgot. So Mea culpa there. I like um, yeah, and Tiago Low for for cheap, um, and yeah. I'm looking Sasha Bowie on the right side for me. Mm -hmm. But in midfield, this is where it's fun. Um, I do have a PSG signing here, even though we're not going to see him because he's back in the Brazilian Real. Uh, but we've got Arthur Vermeeren for Atleti, um, and we've got uh, Gabriel Mascardo for PSG, though mm. we won't see him in the near future. And then at Cam, I've got Claudio Echeverri at Manchester. Stiddy. Um, yeah, but I love some of these signings that came through. Tommaso Baldanzi, oh. completely underrated signing for AS Roma. I He's think that's a good, team. good signing. He's in Is my he? team. Left-footed, um, what a player that AS Roma have yeah. signed with Daniel De Rossi. Baldanzi, yeah. uh, Baldanzi, Miretti, Tonali, the future of Italy, mm -hmm. is starting to show in full force. Empoli, right? Good stuff. 10 million. Yep. What a signing. 10 million, cheap. Yeah, very well done. Um, Adam Wharton to Palace is one that's going to take a few years, but there's a there's an English tax if I ever saw one. Uh, but he has <laughs> been he has been great for Blackburn. Um, but Palace ha probably should have done more with the twenty million that they spent on him uh, and got four players in because uh, Hodgson so, ball ain't working. What's the Palace name of the Blackburn right midfielder, now. left footed midfielder that you're mentioning now? Adam Wharton. So Adam, Adam Wharton. Wharton. And Matouche France mm -hmm. cost Crystal Palace mm -hmm. 50 million. Mm -hmm. These two mm -hmm. players, 25 or uh, plus 20. So big expectations yep. with these two wonder kids. John Texter era. He they have to deliver. Yeah, well, they got to get rid of Hodgson to deliver, frankly. <laughs> so that, that, needs to, that needs to change, and it needs to ch change stat because they look lost. 
they look absolutely lost right now. But anyway, mm-hmm. my front three are going to be weird ones because my not really the left wing, like you mentioned, there's a lot of potential talent there. But I had to go with Malik Fofana at mm-hmm. Lyon, another John Texter special baby. Uh, but he is he is one that I think already scored in the Coupe de France for them. Um, I really do feel like he is going to hit big long term for Lyon and part of a Lyon resurgence. Uh, long-term as well. Uh, but up top, I went, even with the great loans, Hugo Ekatike finally getting out of PSG, Rodrigo Ribeiro to Fer- Forrest is a lot Rosa. of intrigue. But I had, yeah, Armand, yeah, to Fulham. Um, I had to go with Marcus Leonardo. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just because also the price tag. Right. The price tag was good, man. The price tag is solid, and you know you're going to see you know you're going to see return for that amount of money spent uh, for him long-term because he is a baller. Like uh, Gift Orban is another John Texter interesting <laughs> one that should work out, but uh, he's not been as dominant as he was with Ghent. But Benfica also is on the list for me with the right wing. I went with Gianluca Prestiani simply because you mentioned uh, some of the top dribblers on the planet. Uh, I think Gianluca at his age is one of the top dribblers on the the planet so Prestiani at Benfica and again price is right baby you guys are doing not you guys but you Benfica <laughs> is doing wonderful wonderful smart business um it's bringing in, I, I, I love it it's great. Was, uh, used to be a sports commentator here in Portugal he showed his prowess yeah. he showed his good decision making and Rui Garza said why not and that why not led it's to impressive. Roger Schmidt decision and a lot of players leaving and becoming. But one case I can give you an example, Bretton, is Vertogen yep. leaving with Roger Schmidt's start and then betting yep. on Antonio Silva. They couldn't bet on the same on the same two players in that squad. They had to make a call between the two. That's a mad one. So wow. you have Prestiani. That is. I, I like do. It. I have Prestiani. Uh, so I, I love Benfica's youthful core, man. I mean, nah, I just... You're you playing can name with them, them on Football I know. Manager. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, and Jao Neves on the scoreline today, I saw. Good Ooh, for him. Right? Good for him. His third goal. Jao Neves scored two goals against Sporting in the past, and now one goal. It's good to see. But yes, my best see. winter transfer 11 of under... No, my best under 23 winter transfer 11. Without goalkeeper, I have at the left. It's Valentin Barku, but I want to give a shout-out to Ian Matson. How can Chelsea leave a player yes. like that go? Then I have Beraldu. With Dragusin at center back and Sasha Boy at right back. Then my three in midfield, mm-hmm. I have Baldanzi, elite move. I've got Artur Vermoren, bargain deal by Atletico. And I've got Claudio Echeverri, a bit Julian Alvarez vibes right there with City. And then my yes. three of forward, I've got two Befica players, just like you. Marsh Leonardo Good. and Prestiari at the right. And then at the left, I've got Saragossa that has landed to Bayern Munich. That's my best love. Of under That's good. I I really am intrigued by the Zaragoza move to to Bayern, and mm-hmm. with Coleman out, Coleman's injured. It's going to be pretty. Uh, he might be thrown into it pretty quickly, uh, thick and fast. But he has been a, a lot of fun to watch. It's just the level. Uh, obviously, he's made the Spanish national team. He's done some things, but yeah, uh, Bayern picked him, and um, we're we're gonna we're gonna I get to see him real quick. One. I even like the Eric Dyer transfer, but uh, we didn't mention Sancho. Yep. We didn't mention Sancho, no, we, and it's not because we don't believe in Sancho. It's just because we wanted to highlight other players. Right, Breton? 
<laughs> yep, it's it's true. And, you know, he's ancient at actually 23 years old now. So we can't we can't say that. But uh, b- before we move, I am shocked. Right. Mm-hmm. That nobody came in for these Turkish starlets that are back to doing, you know, ridiculous things. Uh, Khan Uzan, 18 year old midfielder slash, you know, shadow striker for Nuremberg has 10 goals now and 14 starts and no Bundesliga team. What went for him? No Bundesliga went for him. I, it makes no sense. He's he's in the running for the second Bundesliga Golden Boot. Um, he's got 13 goals in all competitions, and he's 18 years old. I mean, this kid's a canvas still to be written on or to be you know drawn on. And then you've got 18 year old striker for Basik Basiktas uh, Sami Kilikshoy, who's I I think he's got. Oh, come on. I got it down. I want to make sure I get it right. Seven goals in the last eight games, and nobody tried to pry him away from Besiktas. They're definitely coming for him this summer, but they are back. Um, These Turkish stars are back. Khan Uzun, uh, Sami Kilikshoy. Beyond that, you've got, what, Arda Guler, Kanan Yildiz at um, at Juve. Kokshu, oh gosh, it's the the future's bright, but prove and it to me. Faglioni, prove it right? to me That's at, the, at, at Euro. Fag, uh, the left back of Fenerbahce is quite uh, talented oh. too. Kagli, uh, yep. I can't remember the name by I. I know. Please, I gotta look him up. If you're listening until now, just type down yes. below the name of this player. is is tremendously <laughs> talented. And in the Turkish league, it was the left back of Fenerbahce, the best in my view, and the right back of Galatasaray that's now moved to Bayern Munich. Don't be surprised yeah. if he has the same destiny, that same player. We didn't mention same. AFCON, it's true, but we're going to have a special AFCON uh, time in the next podcast because we're going to have our best 11. We're going to be talking about the semifinals and maybe a final <laughs> if it's until then but we will be mentioning a big focus on the next fc wonder kid episode on afcon people don't think we forgot but, one of the greatest competitions that i've been seeing in terms of the entertainment <laughs> but in sh- in short yes. you can't write this stuff you cannot write this stuff the <laughs> intrigue and the excitement of afcon lives on and no better vehicle than the hosts Ah, you said um, it, Bretton. I love you it. You said the Cote d'Ivoire was going to win AFCON. I, people <laughs> called well, you mad, especially after yeah, they well. finished third. Now, yeah. they beat Senegal, and they're in the semifinals. I think they're going to the final. I mean, it, it has me in stitches just thinking about it. Uh, you you had the, the two guys that won the game for them, right, against Mali. Where it was a 22-year-old and a 20-year-old. You got Simon Adingra, who scored the equalizer in the 90th minute. You got a 20-year-old then, Umar Diakite, plays for Stad Rim, who scores the winner. He, I mean, come on, he takes off his shirt, and you've got, uh, I forget who, but somebody, Wilfred Singo, is chasing him down, trying to hold his shirt down because he knows he's already got a yellow card. Nope, gets the red card. He's out. <laughs> next game. <laughs> they don't even, they have a caretaker boss who happened to be their U23 boss. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful story uh, next to DR Congo, next to Nigeria, proving me wrong. for That's for dang sure. And Victor Osimhen hasn't even you know stepped into it just yet. And then South Africa getting this far on the back of Ron Wen Williams. You got to love it. So I know we went long, but you had to, had to bring it up. Th- those are your four semifinalists. Whoa. So I think it's mm-hmm. Nigeria, Cote d'Ivoire in the final, and then... I know you think Nigeria is winning it, and I think Cote d'Ivoire is winning it. What do you say? I say Nigeria right? only conceded one goal, Bretton. 
I can't bet against Nigeria. Yeah. Victor Osime, here's your moment to be a legend of Nigeria. Just like he, yep. uh, Didier Drogba is a legend for Côte d'Ivoire. Just like Samuel Leto is a legend for the Cameroon. Now's your moment, Victor Osime. And you, you have two games that I think is should be demanded that you win it. South Africa, yeah. yes, they've got the same... No. Yes, South Africa are the team with the most clean sheets next to Nigeria. But still, you have mm -hmm. a much better squad. And yeah, Congo. Yes. Big congratulations to Congo. Congo. To get into For the sure. position that they're at. Mbemba, uh, Simon Banza, the big one of the That's top right. scorers in the Portuguese league. Congratulations for putting Congo in this position. But people, let Yohan us Visa? know. Yeah. Tell us the name of the left back of Fenerbahce, the right way we should be saying his name. <laughs> let us know. What have we missed in the FC Waterkid podcast? And if you're listening until now, thank you so much for listening to us on a weekly basis. And we hope you have a great and a bold week, people. Thank you for going bold with us another week.